Welcome back. My name is Chris Goslin, and today we're talking to Martin Pretty from Equitable Investors. Martin runs the Dragonfly Fund, small cap, part of it unlisted, about 25% unlisted, and about 75% listed. Always interesting to talk to Martin because he gives a different view and a different perspective on the market because he's not only looking at the listed side, he's looking at unlisted and can get a perspective of what's often happening behind the listed space. So Martin, welcome back. Good to see you again. 2022 looks like it's a very different investment environment than 2021 or 2020, if it comes to that. You've had a very successful 2021. You're uh, 24% to the end of December. January is difficult for everyone, so you're up 17% 12 months uh, to the end of January against the ASX 200, which is up just over 9%. Um, how do you see things going forward? You, are, you have a low correlation to the ASX 200 in a rising market. Do you expect to be able to maintain that low correlation in a falling or a sideways market? Hi, Chris, um, and thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be back on with you. Um, yes, we've had, if we cal calculated our, zero, our correlation against the ASX 200 last year was zero. I think over three years, it's a bit over 0.5, which, you know, it's not our, we don't, we don't run the portfolio to target a number like that, but we do have the general expectation that what we do will result, result in a low correlation figure like that. And I guess when, when we look at how we invest, we are not limiting ourselves to specifically one style of investment. We're always looking at the investment case on an individual bottom-up basis. And we look across a range of different life cycle stage of business. So we will have a 5%, 6% dividend yield company with nice EPS growth uh, that's been established for years and has hard assets. And we'll also have a company in the portfolio that's an early stage unlisted investment that we bought at what we think is a low valuation that doesn't have the revenue and earnings yet to match it up. And guess having that diversity across the portfolio where we have done the work on each company and believe in the future value of those companies, but they're all for their own individual reasons and hopefully they don't correlate with each other too heavily. We, we think we stand, we're in a good position not to be correlated with the market. Um, but if we go very short term in any one single period, I guess the old saying is that uh, in, a, in a crash, everything correlates to one. And we'd also bear that in mind that, you know, if, if we have a deep fall in the market like January was for small caps, I think the small ordinaries index was down 9%. And for that month, we're, we're down about 8%, which is a number we're about to publish. Um, so we can't escape everything. But over the medium to long run, we believe our strategy should help diversify us and um, differentiate ourselves from the market. One of the differences between your fund and others is you're holding 20, 25% in unlisted assets. So uh, pre-IPO uh, unlisted companies. Does that also give you an element of diversification and lack of correlation to the overall market? It does. It's an interesting one because generally we don't revalue them unless there's some kind of liquidity event or transaction, which means we've only got one unlisted position we've ever revalued. 
Um, so on one hand, we could argue that possibly there's some latent value in the, I think there is some latent value in the portfolio that will come out when there's an event for each of those businesses in time. Um, and of course, it means also in a down market, we're not seeing liquidity crunches causing the share prices of these entities to derate. Um, so it's a bit of give and go on both sides. So I guess in reality, if the listed world is falling, in reality, the valuations of unlisted should be falling as well. Um, but we're not picking the upside up in the first place. So I'd, I'd say we've, in general, we've got, we're pretty well positioned as a solid uh, hedge, I guess, in some ways in the unlisted portfolio. Yeah, and that's obviously worked quite well for you. I mean, it's probably been a drag on performance when the market is going, the market is rising strongly because you can't automatically just revalue your unlisted equities. But as you say, it covers you in the downside as well. Sure. So, so we've had one revaluation across our unlisted portfolio, and that was a good contributor to our calendar year 21 and, F, and our financial year 21. Uh, we had no contribution last half, um, and we'll wait and see what happens during the course of this year. And Martin, how do you look for new opportunities in this sort of market? Does it change the way you look at making investments and entering positions when the market is looking uh, more difficult, more toppy, uh, riskier? To be honest, it's a, it's a bit more of an excitement factor for us because, you know, there's great businesses out there that maybe we thought were just priced at crazy, outrageous pricing that we couldn't even spend the time trying to work through. And in some cases, that seems to be unravelling if it hasn't unravelled already. So, uh, you know, we have a view that the increase in inflation and interest rates has obviously stirred up a whole range of concerns about what the future value of earning streams are and cause really high multiple stocks to compress. Um, and there's probably some that, you know, they, they may never recover. They may have been overhyped and never come back from that. But we're kind of excited at looking at some good businesses in there that we like that maybe now is it's getting to a point where actually we can get in and be confident that we're getting in at a, at a price that will allow us to make a good return in the future. And one of the things about your strategy is this element of sort of private equity, venture capital. If you've got 20 to 25% of the portfolio in unlisted, there is that element of private equity, venture capital in what you do. Absolutely. And um, I guess my previous uh, experience has been more in the family office environment where it didn't really matter whether you were investing in listed or unlisted. You focus on the best investment opportunities, and um, liquidity is, is liquidity is important. In but I don't think liquidity is the number one issue when you come to investing. So we maintain a majority of our investments being listed, but we think there's some really exciting opportunities that maybe others can't access because of their limitations because they're focused on the listed world. Um, and we think we can get some real exciting upside going down that path and looking at businesses that other people can't look at. And it also, we believe, gives us some insight into the listed world. It's kind of a research tool getting to meet these businesses and executives and board directors who have insight into their industries um, and probably are not talking to the listed market much at all or if at all yet because they're not listed. Martin, is it fair to say that your strategy is 
less involved in the macro themes and more involved just in valuations of specific businesses and buying assets at below what you believe are their intrinsic value? Uh, yeah, very, very fair to say. So I guess we, I, I normally say that in terms of the macro environment, we need to be aware of um, the world we're playing in, but it's not, we're not, our investment theses are not based on the macro outlook of the world. Our investment theses are based on the businesses, the assets, the people, and what we think is the opportunity and the risk for those businesses and whether we balance it off, we look at what we think the business could be, we look at what we think the risk to that is, and then come to a view on whether that's a good position in the portfolio to have and how much of it we should have in the portfolio. And you might consider what the macro uh, situation is going to, or how it's going to affect a specific stock. Absolutely. So uh, I guess if you're focused on interest rates, you, you're going to look at what that means for uh, someone involved in the lending market. Um, you look at, um, so we have a position in a company called Early Pay, which lends to um, small business, small and medium businesses, and it normally lends through invoice funding. It also has an equipment hire business. And so it's pretty important to them to know what the small business environment looks like and medium-sized business environment looks like, how those businesses are going. Um, it can be a bit anti-cyclical in a way in that sometimes those businesses need money when it's harder to get other places and they're a little bit more stretched. And the, um, the, the liquidity that came from all the government handouts post-March 2020 actually probably hand, hamstrung them a little bit because companies had too much cash. So as, as a bit of an example. So absolutely, we look at those things. Well, it's always fascinating to speak to you because you give a different view or a different perspective on what's happening, particularly not only in the, in the small cap space, but the unlisted small cap space. Um, that always makes it interesting. And having that different view certainly helps us get an idea of what's going on in the market as a whole. Always great to talk to you. Is there anything else you see coming down the track that you think is relevant or worrying or exciting? Um, well, I guess for us at a portfolio level, we've got earnings season coming. Um, you, you always worry that something might come from left field that you weren't prepared for, but generally we're pretty optimistic about our businesses and had a few already put some good guidance out. Um, and generally, from what we're seeing, reporting season looks like it should be healthy unless you're in a few spaces like consumer discretionary, uh, where we're seeing you know inflated sales brought forward from... Uh, what we just spoke about in post-March 2020 or, or flying through to the other side of it. I guess you're watching for some of the things that could come out of left field and maybe it's not left field now, what happens in the Ukraine. Um, but we don't worry too much about that. I, th I think if the world goes to war, we've got bigger issues. And I think most of our businesses um, don't have any direct exposure to those kind of issues, but obviously it would affect capital markets overall. So we'd keep those things in mind. But otherwise, you know, everything's a business by business proposition for us. We're looking for potentially some IPOs, you know, unlisted in the next year. Um, so that, that's probably it really, Chris. Martin, always great to speak to you. We'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. It's great to speak to you too, Chris. Thank you very much.